This episode of the Midday Madness brought yeah, Midday Madness Sports Podcast is brought to you by Alpine Unlimited Company. Their mission is to provide high quality, comfortable, and stylish clothing for a community of people who love nature and enjoy spending their time in the great outdoors. You can check out their designs at alpineunlimitedcompany.com. And if you use code ERIC10, you can receive 10% off your entire order. Again, that's alpineunlimitedco.com and use code ERIC10 to receive 10% off. Eric Miller alongside Noah Pegler. No, it's been like forever, it seems like. How you been, man? I've been all right. Been very busy uh, with my work schedule, so I couldn't make it last week. But I'm glad to be back here on the Midday Madness Sports Podcast as now we got still some interesting headlines and sports to talk about. But how about you, Eric? I'm doing great. Second week on air uh, for live radio, so that's been doing awesome uh ooh, drop something uh chilling you know we're about to have a long weekend with uh the, the holiday coming up fourth of july so happy birthday america thank you for uh letting me have my independence um yeah i got nothing to complain about but i do have to say something before we start and i have to start off with this because i didn't get to start off with this last week so i'm gonna look at my whiteboard real quick behind me i'm gonna point at something on here do you see what I'm pointing at, Noah? Yeah, I mean, I saw you <laughs> leave it on the whiteboard and had to go back to it. I had, I had to, to go back to it. You were here last week, so I have to. So, Eric equals Golden State over Boston in six. And unfortunately, Noah, I should, I should write this for a second, does not equal Boston in seven. I'm sorry. Yeah, trying to make these stupid math <laughs> equations. And the best thing is, I'm not even like math. Like, this is the basic math I will always get to. Anything else, okay. if you bring in decimals or fractions, oh, hell no, I'm not doing that. But I had to bring this up now. We didn't get to talk about it last episode uh, because you were busy, which I understand. So I, I did a recap of the finals, but I just wanted. I just wanted to bring it up. You know, I hadn't talked to you in a while. I hadn't talked about this lovely equation. So how, how are you with the loss? Well, as any championship losses, it, it, it sucks. And it's frustrating knowing that this is, we could have been right in this series and we could have won mm. seeing how we played. And it's just frustrating. But I think we should look at the positives with the fact that we made it to the finals. It, after a long, long time, I mean, 12 years, it took us to finally get back there. And the core guys, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, they were the guys that got it done. And I am so pleased about that. And Coach Ime Udoka, a phenomenal job and what he was able to do as the Boston Celtics head coach. And he's just getting started. And then for Golden State, they just did so well on their adjustments. They were smart. They didn't allow boston to take advantage of them especially in the later half of the series after yep. they were down two to one in td garden and this just shows the playoff experience of steph curry clay thompson and draymond green not to mention the fact that they had the assistance of guys like jordan Poole and andrew wiggins to help them out when steph curry was not at his best and for golden state they now win another nba title fourth time in about the last eight years and steph curry people are already considering as the conversation of you know greatest basketball players of all time because the fact that he's won mvp awards a finals mvp included in that 
and then now just multiple rings to his resume and Golden State played hard and they just didn't allow Boston to at least crawl back into the series or even just have other guys help out as much because there were some guys that they weren't scoring as much. I mean, that was one thing with Boston's offense. I mean, mm-hmm. when you play a defensive style of game, the offense it was limited in some of those contests and also turnovers that just too many turnovers. Yep. And now Boston has to go and try and make something interesting in the free agency, which actually has begun, I believe Today, in the yeah. NBA. Yeah. The free agent market. And I know they're looking at possibly at Gallinari, as an extra player to fill in a roster spot. I think he just got traded already today. Danilo Gallinari from the Hawks. Yeah, I mean, it was a possibility, but I'm sure, you know, we'll see that multiple trades could be made at some point in the future, depending on when the report came out. And then also the Celtics uh, bench coach, it's uh, Will Hardy. He, I believe, is also going to be now the head coach of the Utah Jazz. So that's one guy headed out the window. And it just shows that your team was very good when you're hiring another team's coach who had done so well. And some of that is also to do with the connection with Danny Ainge because he's out in Utah as well. Yeah. Uh, Danilo Gallinari is already traded from the Hawks and multiple first-round picks to the Spurs for Deontay Murray. So that has already been done and over with. Um, Unfortunately, I got the news while I was at work. It's very upset because it just got off the air. And then I looked and then I see him in a uh, Hawks jersey, which I love Deontay because that's he's the only reason why the Spurs made it to the playoffs anyways. Here's an interesting thought, though, to put in your head. Curry has four. Thompson has four. Green has four. They're one away from tying LeBron James. Think about that for a second. They have a chance. To win at least two more because the West, let's face it. It's just the wild West. It's not really like, I don't think there's still a team that is the best team in the West. Any team can win the West. We already saw this past season. It had the Phoenix sun Phoenix suns actually won against the Mavericks. We would have seen a better, I think a better Western conference finals, and then probably not seen the warriors in the NBA finals, but now we don't know what's going to happen with them because we don't know what's going to happen with DeAndre Ayton. Is he going to sign? Is he not? We don't know. Uh, the Mavericks are already losing Jalen Brunson because he's reported to go to New- the New York Knicks. So you don't already losing out on someone else on him and some more talent. Uh, the Lakers, I mean, let's face it. Even if they were going to get Kyrie Irving, it still wasn't going to help them. Um uh, you look at the Utah Jazz, Rudy Gobert is almost the same situation with uh, Utah with the Phoenix Suns. So there, that's four or five teams right there. John Wall going to the Clippers. Okay, I see it, but can he be healthy? That's the big, that's the big issue. John Wall has not been able to, to stay healthy enough. And now it just – the West, I think, is still goes through Golden State. Golden State to me is still the best team. Now, I really bought into the Phoenix Suns this season because, A, they're the best team in it. They lost the NBA Finals last season by two games. But, and they had all this momentum riding on them. I sold in quick, but once once the Golden State Warriors were the last one standing, there's no way you're going to go against them. And even they have the new effect of a Tom Brady effect, which is 
even if Tom Brady is in a wild card weekend, he proved this against for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in his first season, even from a wild card, they him on that team are still the favorites. Even if you want to bet against them, that's going to motivate him even more. And it's the same thing with Golden State Warriors. Once that one team gets out of the playoffs, that's it. That's all that matters because then they know we got this. We have all the confidence in the world. We know what, who we are. We know what we can do. We're quick. We're flashier than you. We're better than you. And that's the Golden State Warriors. And that and making them, making the Boston Celtics turn the ball over 20 plus times in six straight games, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that before. That was a dominating defense, which when we looked at Golden State Warriors for the last three championship runs, how many of those were actually defensive championships? This is probably the first one that they really buckled down and said, you know what? We're going to make you beat us. You know that we're quicker and we're, we can score quick, but let's make, let's force you in tough situations. And that's exactly what the Celtics were into when they were going against the Warriors. To at least answer this, I think Boston had a harder run to the finals than. Oh yeah, for sure. The fact the fact that you had to take on Denver, who was injured. There's only so much Jokic has done as part of that offense and even the team itself. Yep. I mean, and now the guy just won his second straight MVP. Or it should have been Joel. Clearly, clearly a reason why Denver continues to have its struggles when they have guys out. And then even that Grizzly series, which was their toughest one. Yeah. I mean, the fact that Morant was out for like the last three games and then you played against Dallas, which was not even close, even after the fact that they were able to extend it by one more game. Yeah. And I mean, Boston, we had, I mean, the Brooklyn series. Yeah. We thought that was going to be tough. It was. Yeah. And then uh, yeah. M- Milwaukee, I mean, gave us a big run for our money. The fact that Giannis was so difficult to guard and then, Miami, it took us way too long to defeat. I mean, we were mm. completely gassed at that point. But then that, that was just the last thing to talk about the finals. Now for free agency talk. I mean, John Wall, I mean, I, you're looking at what the, the, the two teams of L.A. I mean, you have one side of state of crypto.com. I almost called it Staples Center. It, it's not yeah, Staples it, Center. It'll always anymore. be Staples Center. <laughs> yeah. Crypto.com arena, I think it is Super now. Arena. And the, the Lakers, I mean, they have all old stars of their former glory. While you have the Clippers, it feels like they're going to start their own collection of guys who, you know, injuries have ruined their career. I'm at least pointing out John Wall and Paul George because, you know, it's like their careers have never been the same since their injuries. Yeah. I mean, Kawhi Leonard is the main piece in that city. And now, I mean, I saw the whole thing with Kyrie Irving. I, I'm kind of upset. I wanted a little bit of drama to see what would happen. Oh, and yet, my goodness. He's like, <laughs> he's like, you know what? I'm going to opt in. And that's I was like, man. And that now he, he ended up in a whole feud of Stephen A. As Stephen A called him, like, I think a peon and all that. So <laughs> can I just say discrimination. Monday was the most stupidest day in sports. It felt like Kyrie Irving was a cat. Opening the door, do you want to come in? You want me to do what? You want me to sign my extension with the Brooklyn Nets? I don't want to do that. Walk away from the door. Okay, so go to the Lakers. Go ahead, see what's out there. No way, I, I kind of want to come back. No, 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 no way. Oh my goodness, I'm so over Kyrie Irving now. 
I yeah. love that it's from Duke, but that's the only redeeming quality. Yeah, the whole drama about that. And then, I mean, let's face it. Brooklyn is at a point where it's like if they don't do it next year, then Kyrie may just walk away. KD might also do the same. And Brooklyn's right back to the drawing board once again. And With then, Ben Simmons, by the way. <laughs> with Ben Simmons and old Blake Griffin. And for the Knicks, I mean, the, the Knicks were interesting in the draft where they traded away Kemba to Detroit only just to get rid of his contract. Yep. Then you get rid of Burks and Nerland's Noel. And people are thinking like they're doing all this just to get Jalen Brunson to sign like a five-year deal for like $110 million. And then even like my brother is a Knicks fan and he hopes Poor that it, he hopes that they don't at least sign him for a lot of money. But unfortunately it's like this deal. I mean, it almost, I, I don't, there's one deal in the past that I remember I could compare this to. It's like some would say Jerome James of the Knicks when Ooh. they, yeah, Jerome James, he played for the Sonics, I believe like in the early two thousands, this was when Isaiah Thomas was the GM. They yeah. signed him for at that point, which was considered a ridiculous contract. I leave five years and like $30 million. And for, Jerome James, he didn't do much because yeah. he had like one great postseason, but yet the Knicks treated him like he was a superstar. It was a complete mess. And it, here you are going after Jalen Brunson, who wasn't even the main guy in Denver. I mean, sure, he helped out a lot or not Denver, Dallas. Dallas um, yeah. yeah. But what he did was great for the Mavericks, at least stay alive against the Utah Jazz. But it was Luca who was really oh, playing yeah. his heart out. And yet, now, the Knicks fans are, once again, it's like, I, I mean, they're disappointed, they're frustrated, but they, they're, they're just like, okay, we're kind of used to it at this point, and we're, we're not going to go anywhere. And, I mean, I watched, uh, while I've been away, I mean, I haven't seen you in a while, I was, I've was i been watching 30 for 30s, and I watched uh, when the Garden was Eden, they oh. one about the, the 70s Knicks done by Michael Rappaport. And, yeah, that was a like, good one. Yeah, just the fact that, you know, talking about Knicks basketball and the fact that it's like that's their last championship and that's how long it's been since Knicks fans, you know, were re really, truly happy. Yeah, that in the 90s, I believe, when they uh, lost the Spurs for the Spurs first championship. But, man, yeah, that, like, the Knicks have just struggled so much with everything from top to bottom, from ownership to general managers to players. It just doesn't seem like they can figure this out. I don't know what, how best to explain that, but every time we hear about the Knicks, we're like, okay, whatever. It's not like the Lakers. Like the Lakers, the, the funny thing about them, yes, they've won, but secondly, they've consistently at least been in the playoff push or playoff hunt for the most time. With the Knicks, they're in, but you know they're getting out in the first round, maybe bouncing the second round. They'll be lucky to get to that third round, but they're never that good. Like last year when they made it against the Hawks, okay, we, they thought they had something. And then Troy Young's like, nah, bro, you guys still ain't nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, it's it's tough to watch, but I mean, they, they got to figure this out eventually. You would have think that maybe when Phil Jackson went there as a general manager, they would have figured it out. He couldn't even do it, so he left. Yeah, it's just a whole big mess with how Phil Jackson was there. 
I mean, the the whole saga with Carmelo Anthony was definitely one that Nick fans wish could have ended on a better note. Yeah. And even just everything with how um, just the fact that he used to be a Knicks player, he was part of those 70s teams that were very good with, uh, a, I believe, yeah, it was Walt Frazier calling him Clyde just because, you know, his style and all yeah. that. And for Knicks fans, I mean, they just want at least the solid draft pick and at least something to go right for them. And, and they yeah. have R.J. Barrett. He could be a player that they can actually build around, but can they build around him or they are they just going to trade him for someone better and then leave him all alone? Because no one wants to go to the Knicks. The Knicks is not a destination. People would rather go to Milwaukee than the Knicks. People would rather probably, go to Miami than the Knicks. Yeah, they would rather go to even Charlotte. Exactly. Play, play under Michael Jordan. Why not? I would. Speaking of other players that are actually technically uh, free agents now, James Harden and Bradley Beal didn't sign their player options, so they are officially free agents. So Bradley Beal is an interesting piece because I feel like the Mavericks should go more in on him. Because if you give Luca and Bradley Beal those two players, that, that's a duo that could actually go somewhere and do something. Uh, James Harden, I don't think James Harden's going to be worth much. And I think maybe his best bet is to stay in Philly, but I don't think he's going to get much money, especially he's aging now. He's about 35, 36. So he's not going to get too much contract offers anymore. And he's not going to get as much playing time because the Sixers, the first five games of the Sixers that he's played for were great. And then after that loss to Brooklyn Nets, we started seeing the real James Harden and why, probably a reason or many reasons why, uh, that the Nets got rid of him because he's not the same player. Like the Houston Rockets of five years ago, that was the best James Harden you're getting. Now, it's just not the same. That's a look at what for James Harden. I mean, I'm not expecting him to move. And there's already been talks about the fact that the reason he's doing this is to at least help with the restructuring of what Philadelphia wants to do in that free agent market so that they can at least bring in some other key players because they know they don't have enough. And the fact that they at least need one more guy just to help out with Embiid's injury issues because that you are hindered. You are basing your playoff aspirations on a guy that, continues to somehow get hurt in ways that are just unlucky, not your fault, other guy's fault. I'm talking about the one time he gets hit in the face by Markel Fultz on the way, yeah. you know, <laughs> going to the basket. And the guy just somehow, even if you wrap him in bubble wrap, he's finding a way to get injured. That's yep. just how it is when you're playing with Joel Embiid. And he's, he's a good player. I'm surprised he wasn't, he didn't win the MVP. The fact that he had been so good all year. And I'm sure Sixer fans are ticked about the fact that he did not win that MVP. Well, they're always ticked. Yeah. But then (laughs) looking at how some other pieces they have that they, they got positive pieces in Tobias Harris still, and they have uh, Maxi on coming in as well. I mean, Thibel was uh, another guy that, you know, could eventually develop and work out. Maybe even if 
that if he's not getting enough minutes, they'll trade him, maybe get a mm-hmm. good return. And I, I, the one, but now going to Bradley Beal, I mean, hearing that, that's so far big free agency move, uh, news because Bradley Beal has been always talked about as a top quality player mm-hmm. in the NBA. And the fact that the Wizards had all these guys and could never make it work is just very, very awful. The fact that the Wizards made the playoffs a few times back in, like, I think 2014, but it's been so long yep. because yep. They, they just have – I mean, they made the playoffs last year, but with uh, Russell Westbrook and other guys in the eighth seed playing against the Sixers wasn't going anywhere. And now what you're, you're going to see Bradley Beal draw a lot of attention and even big-name contenders. I'm, wouldn't surprise me if Dallas at least maybe – Threw their hat in the ring, and then I mean, it'd be nice to see. Uh, I, I'm trying to think who else would go after him, but the Knicks, yeah, the Knicks would definitely <laughs> because you know you got to make your fans happy, and you know who knows Jalen Brunson may stay in Dallas or go somewhere else. <laughs> True. I'm trying to think who else Bradley Beal would go to, maybe Utah, maybe Portland. That'd be an interesting duo with Dame and uh, and him. I. To me, it just makes sense for him to go to Dallas. I think they need him more than anyone else. Because I don't yeah, think the Portland Trailblazers are going to go to the playoffs. They need either they need to move off Dame Lillard like they did with CJ McCollum, or they need to build around him. And I don't think they are building around him the right way. Uh, and Portland, it's tough because Damian Lillard's questioned his own commitment to the club. Yeah. And even possibly wanting out in the future due to the fact that he's been with Portland for such a long time. And mm-hmm. I mean, there's usually when change starts to happen, you don't feel like you're still connected to the yep. same original team that you fell in love with, or just the fact that this does not feel like home at that point. And so, but Bradley Beal is going to be the biggest name out there on the market, especially now that since Kyrie's committing to staying in Brooklyn for now and, for now, I mean, <laughs> I mean, free the NBA free agency has only just begun and starts tomorrow. I mean, the fact that we have in the past, I mean, I'm remembering 2019. That was the year, you know, Kawhi Leonard was on the free agency market. That was the year Kevin Durant left. Yep. And then yep. even in the later stages of the summer, that we ended up finding like about a few a week or two later, that was when the Russell Westbrook deal was made with the thunder and the rockets and some other moves are made along the way so the nba free agency period is always quite interesting right oh, yeah. right after the draft yep oh yeah i have a buddy of mine matt uh greg on from ship he uh reported that the there's things that for the james harden deal that kind of uh makes sense now harden is eight is eligible to receive up to 46 and a half million dollars next season on a new contract for either the Sixers or another team. Uh, he can sign up to a five-year deal worth 269.9 million deal with the Sixers or a four-year 200.1 million dollar deal with another ter- with another team. And according to Sharanya, Harden intends to return on a contract in free agency that gives the team financial flexibility to bolster the roster or the roster. So that's probably the reason why. He's either going to get the six, this five-year deal and stay in Philly, or he's going to get the four-year deal with another team. But if he's in it for the money, 
it would make sense to stay in Philly, get this money now, and then have at least try to build around the last couple of years because Sixers aren't that far away from going to the championship. I mean, we made this list before Boston, Philly, Miami, and Milwaukee. Those are the four best teams in the East. We know this already. So for them to have to be in that consideration, now they're not the best team, but they're one of the top four. That's already half the playoff teams right there. And if you stay, you can hopefully get some more guys to come in and make Philly happy for once. Because let's face it, Philly's been such a dismal and unhappy place to play and to watch for so long. It's, it's bound to turn around sooner or later. I mean, the Phillies won the World Series almost like 10 years ago. Well, 11, I don't know, 10 plus years ago. Yeah, you're, you're going on 14 right now. Oh, okay. I don't remember. It's been that, it's been that long. <laughs> and Yeah, you were talking about Philadelphia trying to be inspired. I mean, they got that Eagles Super Bowl. And then right now, I mean, don't talk about baseball much. I mean, we just mentioned the Phillies. But, of course, they're upset about the fact that Bryce Harper is going to be out for at least, you know, a month and a half because of yeah. a fracture in his hand. You know, he's still getting all-star votes right now, though. Yeah, I mean, well – get into the whole all-star voting in a minute but i mean that so guys guys even voted for mike trout when he was hurt because that's how much people liked him and then oh that's the goodness. whole thing with all-star voting even in the nba like uh that like the extra like final vote or even some spots uh what was it derrick rose was getting votes one year but yeah. yet some somehow i think even other guys were getting outvoted by like Taco Fall of the Boston Celtics because everyone's like, "Yeah, vote Taco in." Vote I bet taco. they just wanted tacos, and they're like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense, Taco." Yeah, <laughs> or from the league. I don't know if you've ever seen that show. That's a hilarious show. Uh, no, I don't think I did. No. <laughs> oh, it's great. My wife hates it, but it's great. Uh, so yeah, the NBA like it, it's so funny because now the NBA offseason is just as interesting as the NFL offseason. And it's based on the storylines and the stories that that's why we're talking about this right now. And even though the draft is over with the NBA finals is over with, we still are talking about the NBA. And it's crazy that like, I, I was annoyed with Kyrie Irving, honestly, God, but at the same time, he gave us something to talk about. Um, Bradley Beal is giving us something to talk about. James, uh, James Harden giving us something to talk about. So it's annoying, but it's it's good for the storylines because now and we could say oh well, i think he's gonna go here or this makes the best sense for you to stay it's just it's fun about that yeah um, the nba off season's always good and then it usually loses its attention once the nfl season usually kicks off because everyone's so ready to focus on either you know the the, the first game of the week fantasy football or yep. whatever may be going on with uh you know, Tom Brady at that point, because let's Ooh. face it, we're all so glued to it. Speaking of fantasy football, we should be in a league together, just you and I, because right. I'm thinking about our football thing that's going on. So normally I'm, I'm like in three foot fantasy leagues already. I'm thinking about dropping one just because like, I don't even care about it enough, okay. but like a midday madness fantasy football head to head or what we could do. And I've done this on the show for I don't remember since the conception of the show was where we pick five games and we have to agree on these five games before okay. we meet. And then we pick the winners. So it's the mad five picks of the midday man of sports show. And we'll make our picks, whoever wins. And obviously now 
we have a trusty whiteboard so we can keep our uh our stats and everything and, uh, I, either one either one i'm good with i mean i'm, I'm good with we'd be going yeah. against each other in fantasy football which would be funny but i don't know if you could do a two-person league yeah i know it's like you need when it comes to fantasy football you need at least i think two more people at that to at least at have least. a league yeah so i don't know maybe we'll just do the mad five picks and yeah, at least now probably. has someone to go against finally yeah certainly and i gotta win something because right now you're beating me at you know stump pegs yes stump pegs and nba finals maybe i should keep this up here for now <laughs> you're gonna keep that up the entire summer really Come or on. <laughs> maybe till the nba season starts i haven't decided yet that's a t-shirt right there stump pegs <laughs> i stumped pegs yeah, you know, you like got got a picture of my face on it and all that. <laughs> oh, I can go on your Facebook and look at one and find something. Oh, oh, don't tempt me, man. I might yeah. do this. I got time yeah. at work. I got yeah, time yeah. while I'm on break. Yeah, I believe you do. Come on. <laughs> I play face ten on my phone during my commercial breaks. Uh. <laughs> I like I do work, don't get me wrong, but um I, I would hope so. <laughs> I know, right? Otherwise, they would have fired me, like, on day two. Eric, you're late. Uh, whoops. <laughs> like, honestly, the best part about my job, though, is I'm never on time. And that's been something that's always been a problem with me. I have been late almost every – actually, no. Except my first day, I've been late. And no one says – like, and I'm thinking, like, oh, crap. I need to come up with, like, uh, something to say. Well, there's traffic. There was this. Nope. I never have to tell them why I'm late. They just, they're okay with it. It's awesome. Okay. Um, so, speaking of baseball, before we get to our major league uh, fantasy or all-star break uh, roster that we're going to do in a little bit, I got to talk about Freddie Freeman because he's made it to the news this week. And thank you, baseball, and thank you, Dodgers, and thank you, Braves, for giving us this gift because, let's face it, Freddie Freeman – when you think of him, you think of the Atlanta Braves. You don't think of him being anywhere else. But unfortunately, this offseason, it just, for some reason, it didn't work out. It didn't sit well. And unfortunately, Freddie Freeman wanted to stay. Well, originally, actually, because I did my, hist- I did my uh, research. I got my papers today. And I looked this up. So last year, during the uh, regular season, during the All-Star break, the Braves attempted to sign Freddie Freeman for five years and $135 million. Not bad, right? Uh, he declined it. He was then brought up to Chipper Jones because Chipper Jones is the consultant for the Braves. And he said he didn't agree how Freddie's side handled this. And he didn't also agree when Freddie did not accept the, the offer last year during the All-Star break. And he said to him, Chipper said to Freeman, you're playing a dangerous game when you rejected that five-year deal because they are going to have to do business. Business keeps moving regardless. Now, if you want to sign, you're going to have to try to have your agent sign or come back with something. There, this is the problem, and this is what's actually happened today. So, yes, I think it was yesterday, correct me if I'm wrong, that Freddie Freeman fired his, his agent, Correct. Yeah, it was, around, it was within the last few days. Okay. So he fired his agent after this past weekend when he came back to Atlanta for a three-game set with the Dodgers, 
And every at bat, it was a it was a great emotional bat. You would think maybe okay, the first one you come back, we salute you, cool. You gave us our World Series ring, awesome. We're gonna move on. Every at bat, they gave him an ovation. It's crazy. Like this is what you have meant to the Braves. And since this, he has felt, man, I don't really know if I made the right move. I don't know if I should have stayed. Or maybe I should have stayed. I wanted to stay, but I wanted. But they didn't give me the offer that they wanted that I really wanted. And when I checked back with them, they didn't give me that final contract. Well, hold on. Let's pump the brakes because now let's fast forward again a little bit yesterday or whatever this past week. He, Freddie Freeman, has decided to let go and part ways with his agent. There's a reason for this now, and it's finally come to pass where Casey Close never told Freeman about the Braves' final offer before he accepted the contract with the Dodgers. That is why Freddie fired him this week. He found out in Atlanta this weekend. It isn't, it isn't rare that rare to have happened in Major League, but it happened. And Close knew Freddie would have taken the Atlanta deal over the Dodgers deal. So, and this all happened within the last 12, 15, like 24, 48 hours. All this has happened. Holy crap. So, I mean, my, I, go ahead. Well, I, all I can say is at least there's something else to talk about in baseball rather than, you know, what is Tommy Pham going to slap Jock Peterson again <laughs> and just hold drama behind so it? Stupid. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, it's, a, it's the biggest thing that's happened be, be, with, you know, slapping a guy over fantasy football. And yet I thought the craziest, uh, like, you know, media drama was, you know, when Will Smith smacked Chris Rock at the Oscars. <laughs> You know, Chris Rock still uses that in his bit. By the way, it's hilarious. Yeah, but, I mean, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to call this the year of the smack. That's what we're gonna have to call it. The year, the year of, of the, the smack, smack off. <laughs> yeah, but what was your question gonna be? But so now, if you're Freddie Freeman and you find this out now, what do you do? Because you can't get out of the six year deal worth one hundred sixty two million dollars. You're stuck in this. But if you so if you were in this situation, Noah, what would you do? Well, I mean, right now this it's a whole emotional thing thinking about it. And it so you're saying this agent never told Freddie Freeman about this contract offer. Nope. It and... was reported by Doug Gottlieb. And I'm pretty sure even if you look at uh Barrett Sally, uh wait no, this wasn't was it Buster Olney? Yeah, Buster Olney. Jeff Passan. Uh, let me look at Twitter again, but go ahead. Uh, what you were going to say. But it's just making me think about uh, this one movie I saw. It was a uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. I mean, oh, it was movie. a bio flick. And I mean, there, there was a lot of stuff in the movie where it's like that didn't actually happen. But yet there was this part when the one guy, Paul, doesn't tell Freddie Mercury about Live Aid. And yet he felt betrayed about that. And yet, you know, it's like the whole you know, working behind one's back and, you know, not saying anything. I mean, it almost kind of felt like that. But then, I mean, Freddie Freeman, he cared about Atlanta. He, oh, yeah. he, he stayed with the city. And yet there are guys out there that, you know, stay with one team once they find that home. I mean, Derek Jeter stayed with the Yankees for his entire career. Yep. I mean, and then even guys along the way, like David Ortiz, he didn't start out as a Red Sox, but yet when he came there, 
he just fit in so well. And yet it's like if he went to another team, you know, to join like Chicago or wherever, once he, after he had won that last world series, 2013, seeing him in another uniform, it's like, well, it's like, he shouldn't have left. And then you even hear from other guys, uh, the whole thing about contract negotiations, guys necessarily don't want to leave the teams that they're on. They yes. care about this. Some of these guys really do care about the cities that they play for. And sometimes they get traded. I mean, Mookie Betts, when he was traded to the Dodgers, he was another guy thinking, you know, I thought I was going to be a Red Sox for life. He mm-hmm. really did. And then even as I wear this Giants cap, Odell Beckham Jr., he really thought, you know, he was going to stick with the New York Giants, play it out. And yet I'm sure in a way he's probably happy now because, you know, he won a ring with Los Angeles. And yep. now he, he can at least have that as part of his resume. But then to look at for Freddie Freeman, I mean, this hurts this if it really is bothering him, then it's going to affect him mentally because now you have to play out the rest of this contract. And then even if you face Atlanta in the postseason, which let's face it, they've faced each other in the postseason multiple times in the last yeah. decade alone, the Braves and the Dodgers. And so now Freddie Freeman's going to be the other guy to step up as well, because Mookie Betts has been hurt this year. He's been, he's been sidelined for a bit. And then I'm sure this is a pivotal year for some guys in the Dodgers organization. I mean, I'm sure some people will be still questioning Dave Roberts since he's been with this team for a while. And there's a lot of different faces here with this LA Dodgers organization. And also the fact that the Dodgers, I mean, they have a lot of money, yeah. but yet they've yeah. spent that money on those guys like Betts, like Freeman and even Bellinger. So they've invested in all of it. And Freeman's got to at least now have to step up with what he's had because that's the only way to deal with your current situation. Yeah. According to Doug Gottlieb, he is the first first one that uh, said that tweeted out Casey close, never told Freeman about the Braves final offer. That is why Freeman fired him. He found out in Atlanta this weekend and it isn't that rare to happen, but it happened. And he know he he knew he would have taken the deal. So I wonder if that's one of the reasons why Chipper was very upset about the way things were handled on Freeman's side, because that was something that Chipper Jones had said, according to CBS Sports, that they didn't he didn't like it, but he understood it. It's business. And then you think about it, like obviously Atlanta moved on because they traded for Matt Olson and then signed him to a six-year deal. Um, so it's unfortunate, and I'm sure these things happen. And like you said, they're I never would have thought Freeman was going to leave, but the way he was addressing it in the world series medium, you didn't know, you know, like with Brady, when he left the Patriots, we kind of knew after that final game against the Titans, this is probably gonna be the last time. Like when we also thought this is going to be the final time we're going to see Brady play, not just see him play in Foxborough, but obviously things that happened. So now it's like, now that you know the truth, it's kind of like breaking up with an ex-girlfriend and her actually telling you what really happened. And like, what? It was. <laughs> That's kind of how I equate this to. Like, you can't do anything. Do you really want to go back, though? There was clearly a reason you didn't want to stay. Yeah, I mean, it's all, the one thing that's always tough is negotiating contracts during the middle of the season. And I mean, also... Also, like, uh, there's a line from Moneyball 
um, with Art Howe, played by Philip Seymour Hoffman. Mm. And he's talking to Billy, and it's about right before they're going into the uh, into the scouting room and deciding who they want in their free agency. Yep. And Art Howe is basically saying, it's like, I can't manage this team under the cloud of a one-year contract. You know what that does to guys? It does the same thing to players as it does to managers. Basically, you have guys who are in their free agency year. That That's why they want these long-term deals. So it's, you know, off their mind. I mean, it's yeah. like when you're trying to, yeah. it's like when you're trying to find a job or find a house, there's uncertainty with these players because due to the fact that let's face it, if you sprain an ankle, break a bone, or if, you know, you get pegged with a ball, somehow you're hurt, you're going to lose money. And yeah. yet that even affects your overall value as a player. And for Atlanta, you mentioned the whole thing. That's a business. They, yeah. they had to make the decision at that point. And unfortunately, clearly, communication is a fragile thing, even in free agency talks. And that yeah. is why it, uh, one thing about, you know, when working with an agent, it has to be a key thing of trust. The person needs to meet your needs and ultimately understand what you want. And the mm-hmm. fact that, you didn't tell the guy that about this Atlanta deal because you were afraid to keep him in Atlanta. I mean, there's, there's, this is only just the beginning of it. And let's face it, this only leaked because of what happened this past weekend, because everyone was so focused on Freddie Freeman returning to Atlanta. And I'm sure there will be more details at some point. And when, if people dig deeper into this story, if they want to, and now Freddie Freeman has to play under that contract. And that's just how the how it broke down between these two sides. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Hey, this leads me to my question of the day. Uh, it's brought to you by our uh, sponsor, Alpine Unlimited Company. Use code ERIC10 to receive 10% off your entire order. Again, that's, Air, that's alpineunlimitedco.com and use code ERIC10 to receive 10% off. So the question of the day I have for you, Noah, for our stump bags moment. Da, 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 da. What stadium in a major league baseball has the lowest seating capacity? Do you seating, know this answer? Uh, seating capacity. Okay. Well, you're, you're talking about capacity, not attendance, right? Yes. Capacity. Okay. So big difference, you know, capacity seating. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's been a while since I've looked at it. I mean, I, I, I am a big guy on stadiums. I, I love, just learning about these different stadiums and even different elements of it. So I think smallest MLB stadium by capacity, I would have to say Tropicana field, Tampa Bay Rays. Final answer. Final answer. You are wrong. We stumped them. I am shocked. And I, actually upset that you don't know this answer you were right it is in the american league it is the american league east but it's the boston red sox what are you basing this off of i mean how how are you basing off of this so i went on this website hold on Eh. i mean i knew i I knew the red sox stadium was one of the smallest but didn't think we were the smallest so this is from referenceyourdictionary.com 20 baseball facts that made history. And according to them, Boston has the smallest seating capacity. Okay. 
Home of the Red Sox has a seating capacity of 37,731, whereas the Oak or the Dodger Stadium has 56,000 people in it. And that also includes 1,000 more seats than the Estadio Latinoamericano in Havana, Cuba. So, yeah, Boston, Massachusetts has the lowest, lowest seating or smallest seating capacity, 37,731. It is by far the smallest stadium currently being used by a major league baseball team. It's also the oldest. It's the oldest and most beautiful, and you can never take that away from us. Anyways, um, even though it's added 4,000 additional seats, so originally you had 33, not including those additional seats, by the way. Yeah, I think most of those are upper grandstand and even seating on the green monster. That's Monster. uh, Yeah, but, I mean, it's an old stadium, and that's the one thing with history. It's like with baseball. That and Wrigley Field. I mean, Wrigley Field, I mean, you you got to think Wrigley is also pretty small. They also True. include, like, the seats out and, like, you know, the rooftop bleachers, like, yeah. the buildings across the street. And that, that, but the, those are iconic and unique in their own way. You know, I'm surprised you didn't bring up the uh, Yankees being no hit after uh, Saturday. Well, I mean, yeah, I texted you this because I texted you <laughs> and another buddy of mine, and I even got to visit my brother on Sunday because he's also a Yankee fan. So I at least got to talk about three different Yankee fans about this. The fact that you didn't get a hit on Saturday, and also you didn't get a hit on Sunday until like the sixth inning. So all mean, matters. <laughs> it was the lo- it was the longest streak since 1961 that the team had gone hitless. I mean, honestly, Stanton broke the no hitter and then judge ended up winning the game. And honestly, I'm like the hitting coach should have gotten them gifts because I think the hitting coach just had those guys saved his job. But either way, that series against Houston, I mean, you split it two games and you won on Thursday because, you know, that was a three run home run game by both sides because that was the only way the run scored three run home run, three run home run, three run home run. Yeah, take it. The look at it, the fact that both he they're everyone's talking about Houston and how good they are, but yet their bullpen has issues. They they can't close out games, and for that, I mean, but the mention this Yankees no hitter, the first time no hit since two thousand three. Do you know any pitchers were part of that two thousand three one? And do you know what team it was? Uh no, I don't. Really? All right. It was the Houston Astros again. Uh, okay. <laughs> yep. Which it in the took, National I believe. League, yeah. yeah, that was when they were in the National League. That was during um, interleague play. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe it was four uh, pitchers. Okay. Um, I'm trying to look it up right now as we speak. Uh, because I remember this. I was like 13 when this happened. I hear it is June 11, 2003. ESPN has it. Six pitchers combined and no hit the New York Yankees. Six. Oh. Man, I mean, you got the think. old stadium, too. Yeah, nine innings. And the fact that it's like, yeah, each of those guys had to at least throw at least two innings. I mean, even if that means you had to take, 
but then also pitching was different back then because it's like, oh, you could take one guy in after like one pitch or one out because that's just how baseball was back then. Nowadays, you have to leave the guy in for at least the three batter minimum. But then I found it hard to believe that it was like that was the first no hitter thrown at the new stadium. It never occurred to me, but yet that was the very first no hitter thrown at that Yankee stadium. That's only 13 years old. Yeah. So it's been, it's been almost 20 years since they were no hit. It was uh, Pete Monroe, Kirk Sarlus, Brad Lidge, Octavio Dotel, and Billy Lidge. Yes. (laughs) Wow. That's what he played for the Astros. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I would never think I would hear that name again. I mean, <laughs> I know the man. Sings the myth the and the legend. The part, big part of the Phillies. And did you say Billy Wagner? <laughs> yeah, Billy Wagner, who was for uh, the Mets. Another guy that I remember. I mean, he happens to be Houston. And yet that, that was an exciting series. And it could be another postseason matchup once again if, yep. you know, we're lucky. <laughs> Uh, the Yankees had gone 6,980 games, the longest streak in Major League history without being no hit before that one. Wow, that's a yeah, lot. I, yeah, I know. that. That's recognition on both sides. The fact that the Yankees had gone that much without, you know, the fact that they didn't get a hit. And then even for Houston to be, you know, the team to do it again, yeah. especially after almost yeah. 20 years later. Oh, by that point, <laughs> this is funny because this is 2003, right? They, the Yankees yeah. were 36 and 28. The Astros were 37 and 28. The Yankees, because they lost, had dropped out of first place in the American League's American League East, falling a half game behind Boston <laughs> in 2003. <laughs> yeah, and that was the one year that, of course, Aaron Boone, you know, Aaron freaking Boone. Yeah, left Pedro in for like way too long. <laughs> Great. Wow, Brad Osmus was actually playing as well for the Astros. Yeah, I believe that Osmus was uh, playing during that time. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, there's so many players in this game, in this team that played. I, I didn't even remember that played. Yeah. Craig Biggio's on that list, right? Like of yep. guys that played in that game. Yep. Craig Biggio, uh, Jeter, obviously. I'm trying to see what's the box score. Um, Alfonso Soriano was the leadoff hitter. They had Todd Bernie Zio. Williams, right? Yep. Bernie Williams was on that team, but he did not play that game. Uh, uh, Matsui was a center fielder. Wow. Juan Rivera, Jorge Posada, Lance Berkman. Yeah, I couldn't remember if Berkman was there at that time. And uh, uh, who was it? Jeff Kent and Jeff Bagwell. Yeah, the Bagwell's in the Hall of Fame, and Kent yep. has been on the list for quite some time. Oh, no wonder why the Yankees lost. They had Jeff Weaver pitching. He was terrible. Oh. <laughs> he was terrible. I, oh, thank God he's no longer. <laughs> thank God I'm not 13 again. I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that was the last time oh three was the last time the yankees got no hit by the astros and of course astros did it again but you know i'll take the game one and the game four victory over the astros because that was so much better it was so sweet when the fact that they're down by three 
And that's the that's the best thing about this Yankees team, I'm not going to lie, that I've really enjoyed watching. They're not out of it, and they can win in so many different ways. Um, you look at some – I was looking at some of the stats today. Their home record is 31-9. and The next best home record is the Mets at 24-10. and The road winning – the road record is 22-11. and The Dodgers are 25-14 and on the road. In one run games, they're 16 and six. The Astros are 13 and six. That's the next best. In a blowout, the Yankees are 14 and three. The Dodgers are 18 and four. Versus 500, team, 500 uh, or better teams, the Yankees are 24 and 11. The Astros are 12 and nine. And then against sub, sub 500 teams, the Yankees are 29 and nine, and the Mets are 22 and 10. The Yankees just play. And just they know how to they how to beat you, and it's not just one guy. I mean, you look at Trevino; he's been a great addition for the Yankees. Thank God they got rid of Sanchez because he's already in second place for the All Star vote. Like this Yankees team just knows how to win, and I like in previous years, I'm like I would sit there like on a Thursday last Thursday night, I probably would have sat there like, oh dear goodness, here we go again. We're going to lose. It's going to be a three-game, three-run three loss. Cool, whatever. And then Hicks hits the bomb. Hits the bomb that set off New York. And I'm like, oh, oh, this is how it's going to happen now. Oh, okay. We're, we're doing this. And then Judge, it's a liner to left. I'll take it. And in a contract year, this is what the Yankees want. If Judge and the Yankees win a World Series, sign them to whatever he wants. But if he doesn't win the World Series for the Yankees, I don't want I want him to either accept the Yankees offer or be like Freeman, find out something happened with your agent and then walk away and regret the decision. And sign with the New York Mets because apparently those are rumors that were the popping Mets, up at one point. The Red Sox, the uh, uh, no, wait, the no, Braves. No, he, he, he wouldn't do that. That would have been like if A-Rod came and joined us, which no, would have been awful. Well, here's the thing. If you did, you see that thirty to thirty episode that ESPN did about Aaron? Which one was that? It was, uh, I think it was like twenty thirteen or twenty fourteen. It was like ten wow. years after he Aaron was this close from signing with the with the Red Sox in 04. It was hey, you guys were supposed to get Aaron because it would have been Aaron. It would have been Manny. It would have been Ortiz. It would have been Euclid. It would have been not Euclid. Uh, Millar. I think Miller. No, you wouldn't have had Miller anymore because that was the third baseman that would have been gone. Yeah, Kevin Millar, he wouldn't have been there. Yeah. So those three, those five guys right there with A Rod, you that that's a thirty thirty episode you should watch because that's a good episode. Yeah, I mean, I remember uh, watching four days of October, which was you know the the big comeback, uh, and then uh, for the now the looking at what the I saw. With the Yankees, they were able to get the arbitration done, you know, because of the owed money to Aaron Judge, and then even including a two hundred fifty thousand dollar bonus if he wins MVP, the league MVP this year, which yep. he is a front runner right now, just because he's been so good in home runs and is a he top better. candidate. Even I believe in runs batted in and at home runs. Also, yeah, I said home runs, and then yeah, oh. looking at um. World Series, like if he wins World Series MVP, that's another two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and that's why New York is in a prime position to win 
to win the World Series right now. And they have been for, you know, the last five years. They've always been in this conversation and they just haven't had the best of luck. You've had scandals going against you. And then um, now you have uh, I'm, I'm talking about scandals like, you know, the Astros and oh, yeah. there. I thought you were talking about the Red Sox too. I was like, whoa, not, whoa, not whoa. that, no, not that one, not that one. You, you say that one, but yet it's not true. But then ah! to, to look at how this year could play out, I mean, there, there, there are only a few teams that could probably stop them, but yet even the ones in their division are having a hard time right now. Toronto had a hard time against New York. Tampa Bay certainly, you know, is not the life beaters that they were for the past few years against New York. And then, I mean, Boston will get their chance um, next weekend as they finally get to play the Yankees for the first time since, you know, the beginning of the year. Yeah. It's the fact that we haven't played the Yankees that often is kind of strange right now. We're we're in a rough series against Toronto because, you know, they're, they're just frustrating right now because they have a bunch of guys that can hit the long ball. And now, they have everything going their way. They just got to stay healthy and beat the guys out in front of them, whether it's Houston, uh, Boston, and let's face it, the twins. I mean, I know you're going to beat them, but you can't sleep on them. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, and we'll see, like the Yankees have a three, I think another four game series with the Astros this weekend. So that I think this is going to be their tough stretch right before the all-star break the next like two weeks. Um, But you never know. Like this, I think the Yankees, it's not going to make or break their season right now, especially with uh, Chapman potentially coming back, Loisaga coming back as well. The bullpen will be will be getting better. And I've heard some rumors that uh, Castillo from uh, the Reds, who they've actually looked at the last two years, potentially uh, joining the starting lineup, starting pitching lineup. But then what would you do with Cortez? What would you do with um Talion, who like who would be that next guy that would jump off of the start of the starting pitching lineup or would you just have a five-man rotation or a six-man well, rotation instead I, I was gonna say you could at least send one of those guys to the bullpen and then trade away prospects i mean i would imagine the yankees prospect or at least uh they can get rid of and that's one guy they can get rid of because obviously he doesn't want to be in new york anyways yeah, that's pretty much the one big piece they have to offer right now. And then in free agency, I know, um, like, isn't Aaron Hicks going to be a free agent once this is all done? Or... I, well, he's signed a 10-year deal in 07. Okay. So I think he's still set. Oh, so the Yankees only – this is weird then. The Yankees only play Astros one game tomorrow night, and then they play against Cleveland Guardians for the weekend. Interesting. So you got to make up a game somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah. But why they, in Houston? I don't know. They, they they have these weird games sometimes where I remember, uh, I think the Royals one time were playing against like the Mets and then they had this, <laughs> they had to stop in Boston to do a play in uh, like a makeup game. And then they had to fly to Detroit like the very next day to play the Tigers. Weird. Yeah. So let's do our uh, all-star voting. Okay. And I don't know if you're ready or not. Uh, are we actually doing this online? Or? Yeah. Yeah, online uh, on MLB.com. 
Let me see if it'll allow me. I already, I actually sent one in earlier because I thought we were just doing this like a uh, whole thing, like we did with um, what, what? It was the draft that we did last time. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, we could do. I think I have like four more votes for today. I think you're about okay. five. Yeah, it's five. Because help your favorites advance from June 8th to June 30th. So you have two more, at least one more day to do this. And then the finals are July 5th and 8th for the starters. And then the all-star game itself, I believe, is July 19th. It's on a tu- It's always a Tuesday. Um, that's always one of my favorite things to watch, honestly. Oh, what, summer. the all-star? Yeah. What, the all-star game? Yeah. Yeah. I've always enjoyed watching the all-star game. Yeah, the 19th is yeah, when the, home- the uh, all-star game is. Yeah, the home run derby is all always uh, a, a spectacle to enjoy when yep. you get yep. to see uh, different stadiums and even different players come together to try and smash the long ball. Yeah. All right. So, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Here we go. Uh, Mary, which one do you want to start with? Obviously, we're going to start with the first baseman. All right. Yeah, we'll start with American League. All right. I'm right. going to go, you know, I'm going to go Rizzo. Uh, you're going to vote Rizzo. Okay. Yep. <laughs> All right. Then, so pretty much we choose each for the American League. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, we're doing two. Like, you're doing yours. I'm doing mine. But we're going to do it live. All right. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll do the one that I uh, sent in earlier. Um, I selected uh, France from uh, – the, okay. from the mariners i mean i need somebody to compete with vladdy jr and <laughs> i wanted to vote him so i put uh france as my guy for first base all right for the national league are we in agreement with paul goldschmidt yeah we are okay. yeah i i like i like goldschmidt at first base i mean respect to alonzo oh yeah i mean goldschmidt doing so well uh, with 19 uh home runs and even uh, average of 347, a solid pick there. Yeah. All right. Our second baseman was starting the National League. Oh, man. Is Albies even playing right now? Um, right now, I mean, I've, I'm surprised he wasn't leading this category. I was surprised to hear that a Florida, that a Miami Marlin was actually right? leading this. Yeah. It's a Chisholm. Uh, the guy is actually leading the votes right now at second base in the National League. But I'll I mean, go with them. All right. And I mean, the the guy I actually voted for at second base is uh, from the Mets, Jeff McNeil. I mean, okay. McNeil been a good staple with the Pirates, and you, know, you need to get uh, a solid player in for the Mets. So I voted McNeil for the National League. All right. Uh, second baseman for American. I don't oh, know. I was going to say, I know you don't want Altuve. I know you don't want Altuve. No, no, not at all. Screw Altuve. And I, I don't think Torres deserves it. <laughs> okay, okay. Ah, uh, man, but there's no one. You know what? I'm going to do it in spite. I'm going to go Espinal. I don't even know. Actually, no. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to go Torres. I don't even care. I know he's not going to get it, but I'm going Torres. Okay, and then. Here's a guy I voted for. It's the man who has been doing so well for Boston, Trevor Story. I know he had an awful April and even May, but the man has was tearing it up with the home runs. He got 12, and he had a good run for, like, the last few weeks, and yet 
at 52 RBIs has climbed the ladder. So give the guy some respect. So Trevor story at second base. That's respectable. I like that. I, I would have gone with him had he not been on the Red Sox, but I, I do like story. He's a good player. Uh, third baseman for American league, Jose Ramirez. He's number one in voting right now. And I'm sticking with him because I think he's a good out of these third baseman. I don't think DJ's deserved it. His numbers have actually been down. Um, and Devers, I don't, I don't really think he's that good. I thought Matt Chapman was an offense, was a first baseman, but I guess that was Olsen that was getting it wrong. So yeah, I'm going to stick with uh, Ramirez. Sorry about that. I got kicked out for some reason. And like, it, it, for, I don't know what happened. It just kicked me out for a minute, but it, we should be good now. Okay. And uh, I mean, Ramirez, I mean, I don't know how this guy's leading, but the fact that I, nobody, <laughs> nobody likes Rafi Devers. I mean, come on. Get, put respect on that guy. And that's why I'm voting Rafi Devers. He's got to be our main guy to get to the All-Stars. He's even our top vote getter right now, ahead of that's other true. positions. So I'm voting Rafael Devers. Uh, I mean, if you're looking at the uh, RBI numbers, he's Ramirez is 63, Devers is 45. So that's probably the reason why. And a better OPS, by the way, 992 to uh, Devers, 984. Yeah, he, he, he just messed up on one game. That's all I got to say. And That's... yet the guy has, when you look at how the outfield is aligned, he, they have to play four guys to stop Rafi Devers. That's how good he is. Okay, keep telling yourself that. <laughs> uh, for the National League, let's see. Hmm. I don't really. Oh, you know what? I'm going to go Arenado from the Cardinals. I dig it. Yeah, I've been voting Arenado. I mean, a solid guy used to play for the Rockies and finally making himself home in St. Louis. And I don't like Manny Machado either. So I got to vote for uh, <laughs> Nolan Arenado. So for my National League uh, shortstop, I want to pick Didi, but he has, how does he not have any home runs? He at least had like 20 at one point for the Yankees. I'm going Dansby Swanson. I, I don't know why, but I've always liked Dansby Swanson. Yeah, for National League, I mean, I was in different places for this. And, I mean, I've been voting uh, Jose Iglesias for a bit because, you know, former Red Sox had given uh, the recognition, but he hasn't been playing. So, and then I started to vote for uh, Francisco Lindor. But then uh, I voted Danby Swanson today, um, you know, because I want someone else to compete with uh, Trey Turner. So, I'll I'll pick Danby Swanson for today. All right. My American League, that, that was probably the simplest one. Tim Anderson. Okay. He is, I mean, if Javier Baez was doing better this year, I would have voted for him. But Tim Anderson started to become one of my favorite shortstops right now. Yeah, and then looking at this, I mean, uh, I've got to pick Xander Bogarts. I mean, the last year for what might be Bogarts' final year as a Red Sox, I mean, 328 average and 31 RBIs. I saw that fist pump. And uh, I I just don't understand how people are voting for Boba Shet. And yet, like, it feels like the Blue Jays fans are stocking or stacking the votes, just like how the Royals did in 2015, <laughs> which was ridiculous. But I'm picking Bogarts. All right. Yeah. Anderson has a better average, less, less uh, RBIs than Bogarts, but 
I, I don't know. I just, I trust Anderson a little more. Uh, catcher. This is weird because I'm actually going to go Trevino. Defensively, he's one of the best catchers we've had since Jorge Posada. And I really hope that the Yankees keep him, but I'm going to stick with him right now because he's so good. Yeah. Before this, I had no idea who Alejandro Kirk was. And yeah, I was like, I was like, who is this guy? And who, why is he leading in votes for catcher? But the fact that he's got 31 RBIs, a 325 average. And th- this is a big change for, you know, catchers in the American League because it's always been Salvador Perez, but yet yep. he's just not getting the votes. He's got a 211 average. And then I've been voting Red Sox guys in, so I, I've been giving my votes to Vasquez. But if I had to pick someone else, I would probably uh, have – uh man, I don't want to pick a Yankee. <laughs> so I, I, I don't want to do, do it. it. No, uh, do it. If I had to pick someone else – Trevino. I'd pick Gary Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a spite. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's evil. <laughs> 34 right. RBIs, 224. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that's dirty, man. All right. Outfielders. I got Judge and Betts so far. Wait, who, wait, what do we do for National League catcher? Oh, no, oh my bad. I moved, I moved forward. Uh <laughs> Wilson Contreras of the Cubs. Uh, okay. I've I've been actually uh voting a lot of Cardinals as well. And I gave my vote to uh Yadi Molina just because you know what? Okay. This is this is his final year, and we got to give credit to the one guy who's, you know, been a staple at catcher and what has been dominant defensively. So I've been giving votes to Yadi Molina. That's fair. I actually forgot that this is going to be his last year. Hmm. Interesting. That may actually change quite a few things later on in this season uh, when we change our uh, picks at the end of the trade deadline. That may change some stuff. I just realized that. Anyways, uh, all right, let's do our outfielder. And I'll let you go first. Yeah, now we're on outfield. Yeah, I'll let you go first. Okay, um, let, let's start with the National League. I've been voting uh, for Mookie Betts because, yeah. you know, even though he's on the Dodgers, I mean, the guy is so talented. I mean, he's been hurt, so that's tough. And he, they say, they're saying he could come back before the All-Star break but then he'll be putting him in like a DH position that way, you know, he doesn't risk a chance of getting hurt, but I've been giving votes to bets. And then uh, I've been giving votes also to Kyle Schwarber uh, as uh, he's actually been doing a pretty decent at times. I mean, the fact that he's got over 47 RBIs, 22 home runs, a great bat. And then uh, I've been also giving votes to like Christian Yelich. And then today I actually gave votes to uh, Castellanos of uh the Phillies as well, 37 RBIs. So that's what I did. Castellanos, Betts, and Schwarber. All right. I got Juan Soto. I Like Juan Soto, just the name in general is just a good get. Um, oh, man. See, I already have Schwarber somewhere else. Um, I actually, I since when is, where are you? Where'd you go? Chris Bryant in the outfield. I thought he was the third baseman. Yeah, it, it's interesting because the fact that, you know, Bryce Harper's actually listed as a designated hitter. Yeah. And the Rock, the Rockies' third baseman is li- listed as uh, McMahon. Yeah. That's who it's listed as. Okay. 
Yeah, I have Mookie as well. But I also have uh, Charlie Blackman, because Charlie Blackman's a good player. Very underrated player. Kind of like the new uh, Todd Helton for the the Rockies. Uh, in the American League, of course, I have Aaron Judge. Uh, no one better. Byron Buxton. 20 home runs, 36 RBIs, 236 at batting average. Not bad. Mm. And my last is going to be Joey Gallo. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I would not put him in that outfield. He's terrible. Uh, who is my last one? Oh, where'd you go? Mike Trout. Hmm. I'm just going to do it. Or I could do, and I'm pretty sure if I'm not mistaken, I have to look something up real quick. Uh, oops. I'm pretty sure, yeah, I could put, a Millersville alumni into the all-star game. Kyle Tucker. Yeah. Kyle Tucker from the Astros played in Millersville University. Huh. Yep. Oh, wow. Okay. That, that's uh, interesting there. The fact that he went to Millersville. Yeah. And, but uh, instead I put Byron Buxton, Aaron Judge, and Mike Trout. Okay. <laughs> I mean – I've been voting Red Sox for the outfielders. I mean, they're not that good. Man. I, I would, I would still keep those guys, uh, Verdugo, and then, um, I mean, looking at Kike's stats, I thought he was doing better. But if I had to vote for some other guys, uh, hmm, I'd probably vote hmm. Springer. He's been doing pretty good, and uh, he actually is probably going to make it as a starter. And then, uh, man, there's a bunch of different guys not on here. So, but I would vote for Mike Trout. Because yeah. let's face it, the guy has been so good for the Angels, and the only reason why people even bother showing up to Angels games. So out of Verdugo, Trout, and Springer. For my designated hitter, I'm actually at a oh oh okay. You know what? Screw it. I'm just gonna do that. I was gonna put Jordan Alvarez, and I actually like Jordan Alvarez. I hate the team that he plays for, but I like him as a player. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna go Shohei Otani. Mm. Which, how is he not a outfielder that was available? I don't know why, but I'll put him as a designated hitter. But because Jordan Alvaro, Alvarez got hurt today as well, that mm. could uh, not help him to get in. Yeah, I mean, uh, I actually kind of thought Shohei would actually be leading in that category, but yet he isn't for now, but he should be taken over if you mentioned the Alvarez injury. And I mean, I, I think I was looking at the top vote getters. You had Alvarez, you had Otani, and then I can't remember who was third. I think it was actually Jansen of the Blue Jays. Seriously, yep. these these Blue Jays fans are ridiculous, and that's why I've actually been giving my votes to Boston's guy, JD Martinez. <laughs> I mean, he's fourth, so I got to help him get Overrated. in. Overrated. Come on. <laughs> so I've been voting JD Martinez. All right. I had – what the heck? Where is he now? From a National League one, I actually had at one point uh, Schwarber, but now I can't find him. Yeah, because he's listed in the outfield. Well, earlier on, he was listed as the DH. Okay. Jerks. Now I have to yeah. change it. Man. Harper's listed as the DH. He was leading in that category, but he now since is. he's – yeah, now he – since he's hurt, it now goes to uh, William Contreras of the Atlanta Braves. Nah. There's got to be something better. 
Nelson Cruz is doing pretty good. All of a sudden, yeah. Daniel Vogelback. That's who I want. What a name. And all right. On the Pirates. Got to give Pirates some love. Yeah. And then, as I've said before, I've been giving my votes to Cardinals, and this one means more. Albert Pujols. Pujols. Yeah. You know what? I like that one, too. I'll, I'll do that as well. Yeah, got to got got to get Pujols in there one more time because he he's been very good for the Cardinals organization, and even though he left for LA for a long time, it was good to see him come back. So get him and Yachty on the team one last time. Why can't we do pitchers? That's what I'm, I'm really upset about that. Yeah, that's that's been the thing. It's selected by the managers. That's why. <laughs> I mean, that's so, so, so you're gonna have Brian Snicker of the Braves and. Uh, Dusty Baker of the Astros selecting the pitchers. And so, I mean, you're going to have pretty much all, all those guys selected. And then even um, you're going to, you're going to have all the coaches telling them, it's like, yeah, you got to watch how many innings you get, get, get my guy. Cause I need him to pitch on the, uh, once we get back from the all-star break. Hmm. That's lame. Yeah. So like you look at some of those top stat leaders, you're going to see probably Gonsolin, from the Dodgers, you're going to see uh, Manoa, probably from the Blue Jays, Verlander, Musgrove, uh, Burns from the Brewers. I mean, I'm just listing guys here. And then uh, probably Italian from the Yankees. I don't think there's going to be really any Red Sox pitchers, to be quite honest. If you Because you suck. And we, we, this is not our best pitching year. I mean, no. we're, we're, de- we're developing right now. That's all I could say. Never mind. I'm not going to make my next comment. <laughs> Let's go to this day in sports history. Did you know that today is not also on this uh, website, but today is the anniversary of the plunk on the head of Jose Cinco at Yankee Stadium in the 90s? I thought that was that Cleveland or is that? I'm pretty sure. Hold on. I thought it was today and I thought it was against the Yankees. Uh, Canseco, uh, plunk on the head. Yeah, I mean, I could be wrong. I thought it was against, like, uh, Cleveland or something. Oh, was it Cleveland? Okay. Why did I think it was New York then? Yeah, well, well, that outfield wall looks so similar to old Yankee Stadium because it's old old Cleveland Stadium. But, man, that's a classic moment. (laughs) And actually, apparently apparently that was May 26th, so we're, like, a month off, so never mind. I thought Uh, for some reason it popped up on one of my, like, MLB memory things. Uh, so I'm actually kind of upset about that jerk. <laughs> eh, still, it's a funny moment that will it always is. go down in history. 1984, Pete Rose plays in record 3,309th game, surpassing Carl Zostromsky. Wow. Right? 1984, Oral Hershiser begins string of making every stretched scheduled start until 1990. Holy crap. Six years. Every start. Talk about commitment. I know, right? Uh, 1977, future Hall of Famer outfielder Willie Stargell hits his 400th career home run as his Pirates route the Cardinals 9-1 to at Bush Stadium. And, ooh, ouch. This is evil. 1987, Yanks blow 11-4 lead, but trailing... 11 or 14 11 Dave Winfield's eighth inning grand slammer beats Toronto 15 to 14 Mattingly also grant hits a grand slam 
Okay. Uh, I mean, like they gave it up, but they came back. <laughs> yeah, some things apparently are brought back from history. Yep. Yeah. 1995, George Foreman loses IBF boxing title for refusing to refight Axel Schultz. Ah, uh, wow. I mean, I know, isn't, I mean, I know there's like, isn't there like a period or something where they have to give up the title if they haven't boxed after like a certain amount of time? Yeah, normally it's like six to nine months. If you don't box, you have to give it up. Uh, How about the fact that we get, we're going to get Adrian Peterson versus Le'Veon Bell? Hmm. <laughs> See, I think it would have been better if it was Ray Rice, but that's just me. <laughs> I see your point. I see your point. Uh, let's see. A couple more things. 2003 U.S. Senior Oper Men's Golf Ivernus Club. Bruce Litsky uh, wins by two strikes from Tom Watson in 03. Let's see. I'm going to go deeper real quick. Oh, here we go. U.S. Women's Golf Bala Grand Champion, or GC, in 1949, champion Luis Suggs wins seven strokes ahead of runners-up Marlene Bauer and Betty Jameson. You never hear anything about the women's golf. Uh, it, it just doesn't get the same media attention, but that will probably change at some point because, I mean, WNBA gets a lot of attention, and then yep. women's soccer has been getting a lot of more recent attention as well. Yeah. Actually, no. Um, the bat well now she's the goalie Alyssa Nair. um she her sister actually went to my uh, summer camp years ago so she's a nice girl okay yeah she graduated from Penn State Alyssa Nair. I know her little sister Abby Nair because we went to camp okay yeah, yeah. small world you know seriously it really is so that's the state sports history no I believe has the quote of the day Yes, I do. And this one comes from a website I found. I am And this quote stuck out to me. And I mean, I've been really thinking about it as, you know, the fact that uh, one thing that's always important is communication, but then also keeping in touch with your friends and, you know, just understanding that as how important they are in your life. And mm-hmm. here's the quote I found. If you have nothing in life, but good friends, you are rich. And that's always the key thing. It's like we may uphold things that, you know, we may be miserable or we feel that, you know, we're not going to be happy until we get this certain point in the future. I mean, the big problem with that is that you're going to wait 30 years or 50 years for some of us. Some of us have to wait a long time to get those opportunities. But yet the, the most important thing is to always just be happy and show love to the people that are around you. And that's why it's like always important to have good friends. And that's why today's quote is, if you have nothing in life but good friends, you are rich. And that was from a website I found, IamFearlessSoul.com. FearlessSoul.com. Thank you again for joining us on the Midday Man of Sports Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Alpine Unlimited Company. Their mission is to provide high-quality, comfortable, and stylish clothing for a community of people who love nature and enjoy spending their time in the great outdoors. You can check out their designs at AlpineUnlimitedCompany.com. And if you use code ERIC10, you can receive 10% off your entire order. Again, that is AlpineUnlimitedCo.com. And use code ERIC10 to receive 10% off. That's going to do it for Eric Miller and Noah Pegler. Thank you again for joining us on another episode. 
And maybe this one will actually be on video. I haven't decided yet. Or I'm still trying to figure all that out, like how to upload yeah, you the video. Could, you, you could have video me. I don't know. I thought I was kicked out. Maybe that has a frozen me in there. I didn't do it that time. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm not accusing you of anything because Yo, you, okay. you were still talking. I don't even know if you noticed. I actually didn't because I was looking at the screen. Because okay. obviously I didn't even have Zoom on. <laughs> it just kind of happened. And I'm like, wait, it went quiet. Am I, am I talking to myself? Are we having sound issues yeah. again? Dang it. Yeah, that, that was awful, but yeah. We got to figure it out. And that's why I have my trusty laptop right next to me, just in case. So it's a quick it's a quick switch and there fix. Go. So I, I got it covered now. Um, mm-hmm. But again, thank you for listening. I don't even remember. Was this episode 27? I don't even remember anymore. I, I think it is. We've been, we're around somewhere in the 20s. Yeah, we're mid-20s. It's fine. Uh, yeah, I'm, next in my, I'm in my mid-20s. <laughs> I'm no, I'm not. I'm in my mid, well, early 30s now. Weird. Okay. Anyways, we're Noah Pegler, Eric Miller signing off once again. Have a great weekend. Have a great Independence weekend as well. Be safe. Don't make smart choices. Make smart choices. Don't make not smart choices. Make smart choices. I'm going to get off. This is Eric Miller signing off once again. And until next time.